his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How do you keep your kids safe if they're being bullied at school or outside of school for that matter? You need to know about a new study that shows kids who are bullied at a young age develop mental health issues at a heightened rate, both as teenagers and as young adults. Here to talk with us about this is Aaron Dugan, who's the director of the LSU Health Science Center Child Family Counseling Clinic. Ms. Dugan, welcome to this program. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, honorifics are important to me, ma'am. Doctor or counselor, what's the best way to address you? Uh, Dr. Dugan's fine. Okay, superb. All right, reading now from UPI.com, childhood bullying can significantly impact mental health in adulthood, a study conducted with 10,000 children in the United Kingdom over nearly 20 years found that kids who were bullied at age 11 became distrustful by age 14. They were three and a half times more likely to have mental health problems by the time they turned 17. The study is the first to investigate the link between peer bullying, interpersonal distrust, and the development of mental health problems such as anxiety, depression, hyperactivity, anger and the like youth mental health is a growing public concern with 44 percent of u.s high school students reporting depression for at least two weeks in 2021 and this is really frightening to me 10 percent of u.s high school students attempted to take their own lives last year it's it's possible i'm misreading that maybe it's 10 percent of the 44 percent it seems insane to me that one out of 10 high school students are thinking about suicide, but in any case, the the study is disturbing. Doctor, can you share your overall thoughts with us on the findings of the study that links childhood bullying to long-term mental health issues? Yes. Um, you know, long-term bullying um, and, and that of which can be one of three categories, either verbal bullying, nonverbal bullying, or psychological bullying, um, you know, represent the three categories of the types of bullying that is done in kids um, and the victim symptoms, you know, that start out as low self-esteem, depression, anxiety, annoyance, fear, sadness, et cetera, um, can increase, you know, to that emotional trauma, as you described, anxiety, depression, uh, hyperactivity, such as ADHD uh, disorder diagnoses and, and conduct disorder. You know, even in fact, that, that does lead children to take more extreme measures and engage in such. Um, and it is our job as practitioners and caregivers in children's lives to look at modalities to help and provide not only preventative strategies, but interventions um, that are clinically proven 
to provide support and resources to these children. Excellent. Uh, in my setup there in the in the previous segment, I, I read here from a, another part of the study that says 40% of youth say they were bullied at school in the past year. That is a 14% increase uh, over 2019. And, and I sort of just posited as a guess that the lack of social and emotional learning that kids were able to do during the pandemic, the time when they were stuck doing uh, you know, Zoom calls instead of being in, in school may have led to part of this increase. What role does social and emotional learning play in ameliorating some of these issues? Yeah, social emotional learning is a key ingredient in children's development, um, not only for their social and emotional development, but for their physical development, their mental development, and as such. Um, you know, children who do not receive the appropriate foundational um, education and knowledge of such social skills, you know, the reference is social emotional, go on, you know, in the world without knowing what to do um, and how to engage and interact with kids, regardless of whether it's initiated play, reciprocated play, et cetera. And so, you know, simple things such as eye contact, use of messages, um, verbal communication, nonverbal communication, et cetera, not all kids have that innately um, within them and, and have the capacity to be able to engage with other kids as such. And just like you're describing back during COVID, especially for children maybe whose parents, you know, or caregivers both worked, you know, were led to, you know, themselves at some point and maybe on the screens or, um, you know, in video games interacting um, and being able to see only what was available to them. Um, but many of them isolated and not engaging in that just initiated and or much less repetitious uh, rehearsal behavior of, of that social interaction. Doctor, at the risk of getting to a little bit far afield of what I asked you on here to talk about today, uh, SEL, social and emotional learning, seems to get lumped in sometimes mm -hmm. in political discussions about DEI initiatives, uh, even critical race theory, somehow social and emotional learning in, in some parts of our society has become viewed like it's a bad thing, that there shouldn't be an effort in schools to encourage social and emotional learning among our kids. Do you find that in your line of work? And what's your response? I do find it, um, unfortunately, um, but I'm always an advocate um, to educating children on social-emotional language and learning um, based on there's many, many social-emotional learning curriculums out there that guidance counselors, you know, for instance, at the schools uh, can provide children in the classroom setting um, outside of just any kind of short-term uh, clinical counseling that they may be providing a child or two, you know, that, that might stop into their um, into their, their clinics at, on the school campus. You know, these social emotional learning curriculums can help children learn the social skills they need to feel more confident and competent in the engagement with fellow peers in the classroom. You know, it's often that a child feels uh, insecure and so thus is trying to assume control and power. And so by trying, attempting to do such, that sought for control and power, it may exactly come out, you know, to to the next peer as bullying, and then that child feels inferior um, and less secure, and then that cycle potentially could continue to, to repeat itself. Yeah, it's just it's just so strange and sad to me that there's, there's parents out there and activist groups that look at these, uh, you know, showing and understanding empathy for others, managing your emotions, uh, recognize your emotions and the emotions of others. They look at that and think that that's somehow a threat to 
to their kids' well-being or or their ability to, yeah. to parent their kid the way they want. Uh, just another indicator of where we're headed as a country, I suppose. Uh, doctor, what signs or behaviors might indicate that a kid is struggling with the effect of past bullying? Sure. Uh, low self-esteem, depression, annoyance, fear, sadness, withdrawal, isolation, uh, you know, decreased interest in preferred or once liked activities. Um, the, these are all symptoms and signs. What about teens and adults? Is it possible that in our day-to-day lives as walking, talking adults, we encounter people who have some of these issues that, you know, just the things you just talked about, annoyance, anxiety, depression, anger, in, in your sure. view, I mean, like, many yeah, what's other your, symptoms? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. Some other symptoms, you know, it might be irritability, jumpiness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an adolescent or adult, and this is not, you know, exclusive, inclusive of, of just the adolescents and adults, but children as well, they might be losing things, forgetful, you know, avoiding, um, you know, particular environments, et cetera, isolating themselves, working in silos. What can parents, what, what should parents be asking of educators? What should they be asking of their teachers, their school administrators, uh, to help them address bullying at school in a way that protects their kids' mental health? Sure. I think one of the first and foremost things that I work alongside a lot of with the caregivers, you know, that we provide services to their children here in our clinic is to allow them the permission that not only their child's feelings are valued, but their own feelings are valued. I think, you know, for me, a lot of times, you know, and as a parent myself, you know, when my child is emoting, you know, in a sad, angry, you know, negative uh, fashion, it, it, you know, it, it, it exhibits insecurity for myself. Um, as parents, we want to safeguard, we want to protect, we want to, you know, have everything okay. We want to take away that hurt and pain. And sometimes just allowing the child, just like we would allow ourselves to just be and experience that emotion, um, that often is not being done. So, you know, twofold for me, what can schools do? You ask, schools can not only give parents the education about how to use our own tools as caregivers, but also to educate our children. Um, A lot of times, you know, we, we want to reach out to kids and, and take their hurts and fears away. And it's important to stop and listen and acknowledge by reflecting thoughts, summarizing their feelings, et cetera, as to serve as a mirror, you know, for the child so that they can hear and see themselves and know that their voice is heard. Um, another, you know, really great, great tool that we can teach, you know, parents is being able to not only reflect their, their child's feelings, but their own feelings. The more that children can hear about their parents' feelings at a particular level, right, of threshold, there's always parameters, you know, in there, then children will also feel more comfortable to discuss and initiate conversations about their feelings as well. Um, we want to educate children to tell someone if they feel a level of insecurity or bullying, et cetera, um, so that we can get into the classrooms and maybe teach empathy, for instance. Again, not all children are born uh, with a level of empathy um, that is comparable to the next. Um, Teaching, you know, children to techniques such as having a safety buddy, um, you know, how to stand up for a friend if that peer is in a situation that is feeling uncomfortable and on the the level or direction of, of bullying. I have a text here uh, that says, why is the bully not looked at as mentally ill when they're the ones who are acting like goofballs bothering these poor other kids who are just trying to live through it? Your response. Yeah, those kids are often they were bullied as well. 
Yeah. Um, and really looking, you know, at them as what their experiences were and or currently are um, is key. Okay, going back to that uh, study from the University of Glasgow at UCLA, it emphasizes the importance of trust. Uh, how do you and, and people in your line of work help kids rebuild trust in themselves after they've experienced bullying? Yeah, in order to provide any level of, of therapy or, or mental health care, that, that relationship needs to exist. And trust is the crucial element, you know, of that relationship. Um, we need to develop and demonstrate consistency. We need to develop and demonstrate non-threatening environments and atmospheres for, ch for children to be able to feel that they are able to trust that environment. We, we need to demonstrate predictability, routines, rituals, et cetera. That is how, how trust is cultivated, the follow-through aspect. Once we say something, we're following through, um, even if it's you'd like to change the outcome of, of what you initially said in the, in the very moment the next time. Uh, doctor, I think, and I, 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 I hope that you would agree, um, we're having a much more robust conversation about this than we would have been 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But yeah. we still have this, this thread, uh, this sort of cultural meme hanging around that, you know, maybe bullying is actually good for kids because it makes them have a tough skin and it makes them more likely to stand up for themselves. Um, and what's your reaction? Are there any positive outcomes to a sustained amount of bullying at a young age? I don't know that I would agree with her. There's any positive outcomes. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I, I wasn't um, looking for an affirmative answer it, there. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, uh, being able to um, engage in assertiveness training and support, you know, for young children and any person of any age, you know, in that in that vein. Um, you know, we can, we can develop confidence and competency, you know, around asserting ourselves and being mm -hmm. able to share messages about how we're feeling and what we're thinking. So it, that sounds a little bit like the SEL then, that social emotional learning. If anybody feels like, well, you know, I grew up in such and such in 1965 and I got bullied and I turned out okay. Maybe you did, but you probably also suffered a lot and you might have developed some issues that you didn't ever deal with later on. And now that we know more about social emotional learning in today's society, in today's schools, that would fill the gap that 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 any 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 perceived benefit that you got from being bullied as a kid. There are now curriculums and programs that we have to get that work done without the 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 attack that a bullying uh, that a, the a bullying event actually is right correct yeah the social emotional learning you know curriculums focus on several dimensions but some of the the top you know dimensions focus on not only um, relationship skills and social awareness but self awareness self management and responsible decision making and these are you know as you you hear me list these um, I would imagine you know the listeners and including ourselves would say yes 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 you know, to, to all those dimensions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. It just equips us to be the very best that we can be to reach our potential. The study also mentions uh, focusing on what it says uh, are transaction, I'm sorry, not transaction, transitional periods in a child's life, like when they move from one uh -huh. school to the other, or perhaps uh, the family goes through a divorce and they, they move into a new home and there's a new sort of parental figure around. Uh, how critical are these moments in a child's life and how can we better support kids in those moments? 
Yeah, they're they're very important, and just as just as such, you know, it doesn't have to be something concretely happening, um, you know, such as a move, a loss of a parent, a new school, et cetera. Um, you know, through the child's development, you know, many of the theorists that study and have published on ages and stages, there's natural transitions that the child goes through psychosocially, psychosexually, morally, um, et cetera, just to name a few. And through all these transitions in the child's life, and there are many in those early years, you know, up until adolescence, you know, where then by they start spacing themselves out, they're critical at any time. Um, you know, it's a daily, um, you know, dose of intervention, in my opinion, that we need to pull around children, wrap around, if you may, those those key dimensions in the social, such as the social emotional learning curriculum. Hmm. Here's a text that says, could you please ask the doctor about this trauma response? We have a young 18 year old man who will be coming to stay with us for 10 days. We have been told he will not eat in front of people. He was abused as a child. He had an alcoholic mother and was physically abused by an older brother. He was taken into foster care at seven years old, adopted at 11 years old. What is the best way for us to handle this while he visits us? Yeah, meet him where he is. Absolutely. Um, We can't speed up a child's progress, excuse me, no, no matter how old the child is. And so asking him what what makes him feel comfortable, what makes him feel safe and meeting him where he is. And then once that relationship starts to build and if it builds and the trust is established, then we can start moving in a a different direction. But again, following that child's lead. Okay. Just uh, one more here, doctor. Okay, this is this is silly, but this this texter says, hey, the school could give the kids the cure albums or some old Morrissey albums. It worked for me. Is there any scientific (laughs) evidence that like sad music can help kids work through their mental health issues? Well, you know, play, uh, I'm a registered play therapist and, you know, strongly believe in the power of play and play comes in many forms. And so what, what strikes me is, is the music, you know, piece as a form of communication and expression. And, and anytime we engage in play, something that brings us joy, elevates our spirits, alleviates boredom, uh, deescalates stress, et cetera, absolutely can be supportive and useful. Doctor, anything else you want uh, our audience to know before you go? Anything? Yeah, you know, so I'll just speak and, and advocate for for the profession of play therapy. Play therapy is is a modality used in uh, mental health counseling that connects with young kids, primarily kids under the age of ten. Um, but if there is a child, um, you know, out there who's presenting with issues, um, demonstrating symptoms, et cetera, that are either you know visibly seen or, or not visibly seen, um, I would absolutely encourage any of the caregivers or or individuals online uh, to reach out to a local play therapist. Um, Play therapy offers the child a way and a means that's not in line with the traditional talk therapy, but a a play cure so that they can embrace and, and, and engage in the powers of play to help them express their pain, take away the need maybe to bully themselves and or aggress on others, release their negative emotions, and express their feelings through play. Uh, two more quick points, and then I'll let you go, Doctor. Here at the top of the pile is a text that says, Ian, thanks for booking this topic. Your guest was very helpful in explaining uh, some of the many issues I've been trying to deal with all my life with little success. Thank you. So good work, Doctor. I want you to know you're making a difference out there. How can people get in touch if, if they want to learn more about play therapy or they – 
have more questions, they want to get their kid into some sort of uh, treatment program, what do they do? Yeah, happy to direct that. The Association for Play Therapy um, is our international organization, and uh, individuals can visit their webpage at a the number four pt.org. That's a four pt.org. And locally here in New Orleans, um, our clinic is housed at Louisiana State University Health Sciences Center in the Child and Family Counseling Clinic. And happy for folks, you know, to to give us a ring. Um, we are uh, located um, on Tulane Avenue, right off of Claiborne, across from University Medical Center, um, and provide a number of services to children, adolescents, and adults in the greater New Orleans area. Uh, that number is 504-556-3451. 504-556-3451. Great. Okay, folks, if you heard that and you don't have a time to write it down, you can text me and I'll read it back to you. I've got it in front of me. I'll have it all day. <laughs> Doctor, I'll, I'll stop us there. Thank you so much. The, my guest is Dr. Aaron Dugan, the director of the Louisiana State University Health Science Center Child and Family Counseling Clinic. Thank you for your time. You're working your way. Have a great afternoon. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Take good care. I'm pretty late, so I'm going to step away here and come back with more of your text messages. If you got anything else you want to say about bullying, your past experience, your children's past experience, any questions or comments or feedback that you may want to share, get in touch on the Oakland Art Jewelers Talking Text Line. That's 504-260-1870. And again, I have that phone number for the doctor's clinic. It is 556-3451, in the 504. And I got more information for you coming back after this. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot, and I'll be right back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.